Thank you for tuning in to How to Survive in America. I'm your host, Robert Jenkins. So um, this is the 14th episode of the podcast, and I've had on a lot of guests uh, who have a various wealth of knowledge, and uh, a lot of them are very talented comedians in their own right. Uh, this man, uh, this next guest for this episode is no exception. Uh, he has a, a wonderful debut album out called The Squirrels Get Fat. And it's hilarious. I listen to this shit at least once a week myself. Um, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Dante Powell. How you doing, Dante? I'm great, Rob. How are you, man? I'm doing all right, man. All things considered, you know, all things considered. Yeah, man, yeah. So uh, <laughs> how was your day today, man? Uh, Pretty good. I, I ran some errands and uh, I had a... Uh, I had a long phone conversation with one of my homies. So okay, nice. Yeah, nice. yeah. From back home? No, he's actually one of the guys I met here in Iowa, but he's from okay. Chicago. So we do, uh, we do real. Uh, am I allowed to curse on here? Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Okay, <laughs> so we we do we do real nigga shit together in Iowa. Um, right. It, it makes him feel like he's back in Chicago and me feel like I'm back in Louisiana because uh, we do hood rat shit together. So you got to do that hood yeah. rat shit with your hood rat friends. That's damn right. Yeah. When I was uh, I went to Grand Valley State University for undergrad and uh, oh, wow. it's the Grand, Grand Rapids. Yeah. And so we me and my homies we used to play this game called sudden movement. Right. So <laughs> me and him, <laughs> we go to like the mall. Like you could pick the the way it would go is this. You got to pick the place. If you pick the place, and the other person got to go first or second, all right? So we pick a place. Like, let's say we pick, like, a shopping mall, right? And so you go into the shopping mall, and then we all we walk around, and then the first person would make a sudden move, and we see how many white people was paying attention to us. <laughs> that's <laughs> we, we go to that's 21. Incredible. Yeah. And so it's so, it's so funny, because they'll be there with the newspaper and shit like this, you know, not paying attention, right? Right. Yeah. One of us make a movie. <laughs> oh, like, I, I see. You, I, I thought you were paying attention. Yep. And we go on the honor system. So the dude, you got to count them out. Like, all right, my man's in the corner. One, two. <laughs> the old lady right there. All right, you got five. All right, now it's my turn. I'm gonna go to the next place because I can't just do it there too. Because then they on to us. Right. Right. And also, we want to <laughs> leave before security show up. So I understand. That's incredible. Doing, nig doing nigga shit. I get it. I really do. That is it's incredible. necessary. Oh my so, goodness! Uh, so where whereabouts in Iowa are you at? I'm in Des Moines. Um, okay. Yeah. That's all. That's all. That's it. That's all. That's cool. I, I wish I had some that. more. I wish I had uh, some more. <laughs> how long you been out there? I've been here for eight years now. I moved out here in 2012. Wow, okay. Um, I accidentally ended up volunteering for the Obama campaign that year. He got reelected. It was amazing. Uh, mm -hmm. Actually, I moved here for my ex, and then we broke up. But I just decided to stay. Damn. But yeah, yeah. it's uh, I, I like it. It's fine. I found mm -hmm. a, a great uh, group of support system friends here, so I, I okay. love it. Yeah. Most of your friends there are comics. You find, or you just meet like some other people from the area too. I I met a nice group of friends before I ever started comedy, and then I have okay. another great group of comedian friends. And then okay. I sort of, after comedy, found the black people here, and so now I have a black group of friends. Yeah. And it's, okay. It, it, nice. It all kind of like intertwined and worked together, and now I have like a nice little circle of yep. uh, of support. That's dope. That's dope. It's, yeah. it's, like, were you, you didn't move out, you moved out there for a, a relationship, but you didn't start comedy before you came out here, right? No, no. I, so I, okay, I, right. I started in 2014. I, uh, man, I wanted to do comedy for forever. I just didn't know how. Like, I'm from a small mm -hmm. town in Louisiana. So, like, I was like, you know what? If I ever want to do stand up, the only way that'll ever work is like some, I'm just out pumping gas one day and a tour bus pulls up with the Kings of Comedy on it. And they're like, you look like you're funny. You want to come open for us? And I was yeah. like, I was just waiting on that to happen and it never did. Yeah. And then my friend was like, you know, you just go to an open mic. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> and now here easy. we are. Yeah, here we are. There you go. 
There you go, man. Well, shit, it's been working, man. You funny as hell. So, um, I, I appreciate that, man. <laughs> uh, so we, uh, I, we talked a bit before we started about the premise of the show. And uh, basically, I'm just trying to get enough skills together to try and make it another four years if Donald Trump wins. This episode is, is kind of different because it's, I'll just put it like this. By the time, if we ever need these tools, <laughs> it's, it's all bad, okay? Like if mm -hmm. we don't have electricity <laughs> And we don't have our phones that everybody's fucking attached to. It's all bad. So the whole point of this episode is to try and help people who may be addicted to technology, who may rely on their phones for everything, uh, help them know how to navigate this country, how to get around, where to go, how to move without a phone. And right. so I thought you was the perfect person because I know that you were a truck driver. Yeah. And, uh, how long were you driving a truck? I drove from 2009 to 2016 and it kind of broke down in a way that was like a couple years in the beginning, I was over the road, meaning I was like cross country. Mm -hmm. um, and then, a, so I did that for a couple years. Then I became a regional driver. So I was pretty much driving down what I guess is the spine of the United States. So like kind of the Midwestern corridor down through the like, south into like eastern texas as far like east as like say i mean i hit florida sometimes but generally kind of no further out than alabama so okay. like right down the spine and then i moved here to iowa and i took a local driving job so okay. i like there's some like there, there are some obvious advantages to each one in terms of like right. personal situation, but also right. like in terms of what you learn and how, like how to navigate and do things. Nice. So yeah, so yeah. you started out nationwide, then you went regional, then you went local. So it's just mm -hmm. kind of, all right, it's kind of so, siphoning I, down here. Yeah. Right. And I, I have driven through all of the lower 48 states. So like nice. I've been, okay. I've been everywhere. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. Um, so how did you learn? Like, how did you start driving? So I, uh, I dropped out of college and I became a rapper and, uh, the money was so good that I decided I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> uh, but like I, so I needed a job and, um, I went to, I, I was looking for, I was doing a bunch of stuff, but I, I came across this website that was like, if you get your CDL, we'll pay for you to go to school. And uh, I called a recruiter. They sold me a bunch of fake dreams. And I fell for it because I was young. Mm -hmm. and I, went to, I went to trucking school. And they did pay for it. All of that was true. But then I was just kind of pushed out into a truck and told, like, go make these pickups and deliveries. And... I just went out and did like, I just, I didn't have a choice at that point. It was like, mm -hmm. I, I didn't want to uh, squander that opportunity. So it was like, mm -hmm. right, I need to figure this out. And I just mm -hmm. kind of, I kind of did. It was, it was a lot of uh, early on. It was a lot of like East coast. So I, not only was I learning to drive, but I was doing it in the worst traffic in the country. Oh shit. Yeah. Ar around the worst people in the country. <laughs> Like, no disrespect, <laughs> no disrespect to East Coasters, but you guys are different in in traffic, and so mm -hmm. uh, I, I had to learn quickly, and I I just did. It was like I either learn it or I, you know, there were times where I had to either figure it out or I was gonna die. So all right, oh shit. Like, I mean, you like know, what happened? Like let's let's so, talk about that for a second. So there are a lot of mountains in this country. And I grew up in small town, Louisiana, where we don't have mountains. <laughs> and so, but you have to learn how to drive on them. And then the other thing is growing up in Louisiana, I had never really been around snow. Right. And you have to learn how to drive in snow as well. So there I was less than a year into driving in like Pennsylvania, screaming down a mountain in a truck with like this like 80,000 pounds and I'm having to like figure out in the moment 
okay, am I supposed to be braking here? Am I supposed mm-hmm. to be letting my engine slow me down? How am I supposed to make these adjustments to get this done? And, you know, the people die every day on the road <laughs> like that. And it was just a thing of like, I, it was a little bit of me getting lucky, but also uh, just being aware enough to be like, you know what? I'm going out today and the weather is bad. I have an uncle that's a trucker. So like, let me call him and get some advice. I have, uh, okay. yeah. I have these people at this truck stop who, you know, truckers are generally pretty good uh, to other truckers in terms of the, the doing the job. Like we're, they'll be pretty shitty to each other. You know, they'll, they'll call you racial slurs on the CB mm-hmm. while you drive and things like that. But is there, time out. Is there <laughs> any place that black people in this country are free from racial slurs? God damn. Like CB radio too. Bro, we, oh, listen. So there's a, there's, oh, this is great. I'm glad you brought this up. There's a two headed thing with CB radio that's nuts to me. First off, hella racist. But I mean, again, these are truckers. They're not. It's not like we're dealing with Harvard professors. Like they, right. they are who they are. But also, like they truckers stop a shit ton of human traffic. So like the okay. CB rate, these guys like kind of we have a, a code that we kind of look out for to make sure people aren't being taken advantage of when we're on the road. And I was actually in a, I think it was Tennessee one time, and there were a couple of trucks that were like trying to run down this, this one truck and they ended up alerting the state authority and they stopped some people from being like trafficked across the country. Yeah. Okay. So like it, there's uh, again, but we, we can't this escape duality, you know? On. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Save those niggers. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, you know, what's funny is it was a, uh, it was a, few Mexican families and these were obviously people who were like build that wall but they Mm -hmm. like they also had the they had the decency to be like build the wall but like don't kidnap now don't make them build it yeah (laughs) it's it's weird (laughs) that shit is that shit is strange but you know but part of it is expecting racism to make sense it it don't so all of that shit is weird yeah so all right so um, let's talk for a minute about uh, the longest trip you had. You say you've been cross country, right? So yep. Like, tell me about the longest trip you've had. Um, it would. It's either going to be a trip I made from. Actually, this is when I was regional. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I worked for a company in Louisiana, and they sent me to Ticonderoga, New York. <laughs> Oh shit! Um, yeah, it's exactly like it sounds. It like I had to drive on cobblestone streets to get to where I had to deliver the stuff to. So it was either that, or I think I went to like uh, uh, somewhere in Northern California one time from Louisiana, uh, okay. and that was that was also really interesting. That's a nice piece right there. Let's talk about Cal. Yeah. I'm familiar with California. That's like that's the place that I've been the most probably. Uh, so what was, what was that trip like? So coming out of, coming out of where I was coming out of in Louisiana, I know going into this mess that like the largest chunk of what's happening is going to be driving across Texas. Cause that's, that's the thing where like you can drive across Texas all day and not be done driving across Texas. So you kind of prepare for that. And then once you get to Texas, uh, you get that done and you, there's just desert and like all this cool stuff to see uh, once you're kind of out there. But it, it feels, it feels more lonely driving West, like towards California than it does going East in the East. It, there's more pop-up population. Stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, but when you're going West, you just kind of, I would go, I mean, you'd go hours at a time without really seeing anything. And so it, uh, 
it felt it felt a little lonely sometimes, but you also mm-hmm. again you you know you get bored enough, you turn on your CB radio and get called a nigga or. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> no, okay. that's you'd be so lonely. You like, you know what? Yeah, racist. I deal with a little bit of racism. But let's hear. It one All right, time fair for enough. Me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Nah, but I. So the the thing is, I always had like, I always had CB radio, uh, CB radio. I always had uh, serious rate XM radio, and then I always would be able to like, I always had pretty good reception. So if I needed to like call somebody and talk to them while I drove, I could do that. So there was, like, there was that there, but like, kind of like you mentioned earlier when you talked about the episode, had I not had that, that trip then becomes an exercise in futility for the like all the crazy bad stuff you talked about. How mm-hmm. does my how does my mental health hold together trying to get across here with no radio, yep. nothing to entertain, nothing, nothing yeah. to to take it away the the thoughts of of just being you know what i mm-hmm. mean mm-hmm. so that kind of really puts that in perspective until you get you know i'm i'm kind of a nerd a little bit and i'm mm-hmm. i'm very interested in geography and like uh just culture in general so i tried to never be in a position where i was like okay I'm driving across the country to a place I've never been before. It it is what it is. It's a job. I tried to always not take that for granted and be like, no, no, no. I'm driving through the Rocky Mountains right now. I remember mm-hmm. reading about this in fourth grade. This mm-hmm. is pretty cool. And so once once you find the the middle ground of all that, it does, it becomes a little bit easier to start to okay all of it starts to be a thing of like, all right, yeah, I do want to listen to the radio for a little while, but you know what? It's dark and I want to kind of turn the radio off and let my windows down and drive through these mountains and like look at the sun, or not the sun, but the moon and the stars uh-huh. as they reflect off this mountain over here. And it's like, right. that's a, that's like as much a survival and coping mechanism as it is like a, uh, a thing of like, oh, this natural beauty is just like taking me a- away from a, a kind of warped reality and loneliness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what's up, man. That's like being alone with your own thoughts too. You know <laughs> I mean, like that can be, I mean, that can be what you make it, you know? Yeah. You know, if you like me, it's like, it's all right for a minute, but then after a while you just be like, you, me, per- I'm a spiteful nigga myself. So, (laughs) you know, like, I start thinking about niggas that did me wrong, dog. And I'm like, yeah, okay, when I get back, okay. (laughs) You thought I I forgot. That might be, that's what, that's going to be what they put on my tombstone. You thought I forgot. (laughs) That'll be it. That'll be, that's going to be it. So I'm a spiteful nigga, so I can't be alone with my thoughts for too long. Uh, So, like, when you, when you out there just passing the time, man, like, you know, you said the radio, you know, you try to take in nature and stuff like that. Like, I guess, you know, this is a question. I'm, I'm trying to find the right way to put this. How did you use, like, nature to kind of help guide you along the way? Like, you know, like, were there certain things that you looked for, uh, certain landmarks or stuff like that that you would use to help, you, help yourself navigate? Yeah, um, of course, the sun. Like, you mm-hmm. just, that becomes a... It's weird because I didn't know I was learning the way I was. Mm-hmm. So like in the evenings, of if you're driving into the sun, you're going west. In mm-hmm. the mornings, if you're driving into the sun, you're going east. And that's just something that I know now. Like mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't recognize myself picking it up. And it's something you just that I know. absorbed it. Yeah, I know most mm-hmm. people probably get that, but like I can I can tell whether I'm going like north, south, east, west, northeast, north, uh, west. Mm-hmm. Like I can I can gauge that just by kind of how I'm sitting in in the weather of the day. Even when it's it's like raining out, sometimes I can still get a feel for like direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's a thing that just sort of comes. Uh, it. it 
it didn't come naturally to me because I didn't have it when I first started. But it's the thing that after you've driven across the country enough and up and down mm-hmm. the country enough, you start to the the fields that you drive by. I can tell, okay, I've been driving for about 30 minutes now and all of the fields are corn and soybean fields, even when there's nothing planted there. I'm mm-hmm. not a farmer. Why do I know right. this? You know what I mean? Like I, I, right. can, I can tell though. Or if I'm going, I can go, okay, well, that's obviously like a cotton tobacco sort of landscape. I can, oh, that's just arid desert. Oh, this is mountainous desert. So I'm probably sort of in the in the northern part of the old west of the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Oh, this is the sky is huge. I'm probably headed towards Montana. Like there's mm-hmm. all this stuff that, that just sort of that big came sky together. shit is legit, huh? That that that's the truth out there, huh? Oh man, it's 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 beautiful though. I, I loved it. The the first time I saw it, I remember being like, the sky is so huge. And I was like, oh, big sky. Like that's <laughs> got it, right. <laughs> Right, clue, <laughs> yeah. light, a light bulb went off. Yeah, y'all didn't make me work for that at all. I got that like right <laughs> off top. <laughs> but I mean, it, but again, it's the same thing. Uh, like, like I said, going east, you know, when you hit the Appalachians, when you're in West Virginia and Virginia, it's kind of rocky and, and, and like uh, kind of dark and black. And then as you go further north into like Pennsylvania and things, you get really green mountains. And then as you go mm-hmm. up into the, the East coast, like things just look, uh, they look like, like historical is kind of the best way mm-hmm. to describe it. Like when you're driving through on 95, I-95, for example, when you're leaving out of, let's, let's say Miami, Florida, you can drive all the way up to like Maine pretty much. And there's so much along the way you go through like the beachy, like weird part of Florida. You end up in like Northern Florida where there's in Southern Georgia, where it's super rednecky and like Confederate mm-hmm. flaggy. Then you get out of that into Atlanta where it's super black and beautiful and hood. Mm-hmm. Or actually, mm-hmm. 85 goes through Atlanta, not 95. 95 stays out. Goes around, Atlanta. right? Okay. Yeah. And then you end up in, like, South and North Carolina, where it's just very, like, uh, like beachy. You didn't realize mm-hmm. that, like, there were hippies and beach bombs on the East Coast, but they're out in the Carolinas. And okay. Then you're, And then what happens is you hit Virginia, and you get to Richmond, and there's traffic, like, an hour coming in. And then you hit Richmond and you kind of maneuver through that traffic. And then you hit like DC and there's traffic mm-hmm. for that. DC then, is a nightmare. Oh, it's the worst. And then you yeah. hit Baltimore and guess what? They're even worse than DC. And then you <laughs> think you've cleared Baltimore and you're out of that. And then you hit Philly and they're terrible. And then you hit New York city and they're terrible. And then you think, okay, I've cleared New York city. I'm great. And you end up in like Hartford, Connecticut. You're like, why is there traffic in Connecticut? Like, <laughs> right. Who okayed this? <laughs> yeah, this is just North New York City. Why am I? Why am I still in traffic? <laughs> and then you see another sign, and you're like, wait a minute. Now I'm in Providence, Rhode Island, and there's still New York traffic here. What is happening? And then, you know, you hit Maine, and you're like, okay, I'm finally out of traffic. But now, everything looks, you know, it, it looks untouched, and it, it so mm-hmm. it's like. It's just, it's amazing how uh, all that exists in this country, like how, because what people don't talk about enough is like America as a uh, a visual landscape is beautiful. Like this country is Mm -hmm. so impressive naturally. Uh, It's just the people that make it shitty. Fuck it up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If you could, if you could do something, kill like 75 some odd percent of the people, we'd be dope. Oh man. Yes. (laughs) Such a great idea. Spread about. Yeah, just set off like some sort of pulse bomb. Just, you know, fuck everybody oh, yeah. up. Here's the thing. I want to kind of get into some specifics real quick, right? Let's so, do it. A lot of folks are confused about the highway system. You okay. Know like the interstates and stuff like that. Um, I know a little bit about, like, I know certain things. Like what certain numbers mean on a highway. 
you know, like how to tell whether you're going west or east or, or, or north, south, whatever. But can mm-hmm. you can you kind of give folks a breakdown of like, you know, if you out on the road and you just see a highway sign, like can you kind of give some people get a people a rundown of how they might be able to tell where they are? Um, yeah. So you sh- the numbers get larger as they go north and as they go east. So if you think about it, um, like the big interstate system on the East Coast is 95. So that's the largest, because you're not going to get to 100. So that's the largest number in the interstate. And if you think about it, like if you ever watch pop culture around California, you've got the five. Like five is the one, that's the one that runs like up through Oregon okay. and Washington and all that. So as you come, as you come east, you're gonna, that's where all the the numbers and things pick up. So you'll get like 15 uh, okay. and things like that. But okay. I, the, the other key to keep in mind is that odd numbers are going to run north and south. Uh, so if, it, if it's an odd number, all right, you're all set. You know, you can follow this as far north as it goes or as far south as it goes. You don't really have to worry about too much leeway to the east or west. They're going to naturally move okay. east and west, but for the most part, they're carrying you north and south. And then in terms of the actual highways that run east and west, those are going to be your even numbers. So think of it like Interstate 10. That's the one that goes through New Orleans, which is like pretty much the largest city that's south on a, a, a interstate system that, that runs east and west. And then okay. if you think about like Interstate 80, that's the one that kind of runs across the top of the Midwest, you mm-hmm. know, not up, not in the states that jut up into Canada at least. Mm-hmm. So the the best way to navigate them is to stick to them. But then you've also got things like... Uh, like in, in some cities, let's use San Antonio for an example, uh, you've got the 410 there. And so what that is, is that's the that's gonna be a loop. That's that's if you if you come into San Antonio and you don't want to drive Interstate 10 through San Antonio because of the traffic that takes you downtown, there's a loop around the city of San Antonio that lets you avoid that. And that's gonna be 410. All right. Okay. So you have all of these loops on Interstate 10. So let's say you uh, let's say you're on a city that's in the West Coast. That's going to be your 110, and I think that's in either LA or or like uh, San Diego. That's a loop for that city. Then as you move further east, you'd have like a 210 somewhere. You'd have like a 310 somewhere, and then you get the 410 in San Antonio, and it keeps moving over. You got 610 in Houston, and those are those are for like convenience. But we're talking about we don't have electricity, we don't have cell phones. You just wanna you wanna go back to the basics. You wanna you wanna have that information in your mm-hmm. back pocket. All right, I'm traveling. I don't really know what's going on. I heard there's riots downtown San Antonio. You probably want to take the loop to get you right. away from that. Mm-hmm. So, okay. the, like, you, you want to be practical about about using them because what happens is, uh, you are right now if you're traveling working against like tourists and locals, right? So the mm. locals are kind of like, I know my way around if. 10 is busy, I might take 410 just to avoid traffic. But tourists are more than likely going to all be on 410. So when I was trucking, what I would always do is just kind of like use technology to my advantage and just kind of always keep an ear to like the radio for traffic alerts and things like that. But if I was ever in a situation where I couldn't really gauge what was going on, I would just never get into anything that I couldn't get out of, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if I am, if I'm traveling, I'd rather 
be in traffic that's doing 70 and I'm doing 55, but it, if they're doing 70, they're going to run right into the ass end of that traffic. If I'm doing 55, I have a better sight line to see, okay, there's mm-hmm. traffic up there. This is going to be my last exit. Let me take this exit and get out of this mess. So okay. it's, it's going to be, it's going to be picking up on the small things like that that are going to get people uh, in and out of safety once the shit hits the fan. So it sounds to me like the first thing you tell the motherfuckers to do is slow down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I always leave yourself an out. As a trucker, that's the biggest thing in the world because if I get into a bad situation, it's hard backing that motherfucker out or whatever. But if if I can just avoid the bad situation, then I'm definitely sent. So... Slow down. That's definitely the thing. And uh, try to try to use what's naturally there. You know what I mean? Like, okay. we're, there's no need for you to make a big stink out of, say, you, you drive by somewhere and uh, it's a bunch of cornfields and then you pass by one field and it's like a bunch of old beat up cars. Like, yeah, that doesn't mean anything in the long run. But if you got to retrace your steps, like, that's a good, okay. Landmark. I got, I got, I do remember seeing those cars. I do remember seeing uh, that one field with the tractor in it that was stuck in the mud. And that looks like mud tracks over there. So you're, you're becoming uh, naturally inquisitive to, to just kind of, like you said, mark your, your landmarks so you're Mm. not, out there and, and like, all right, uh, I, I was, I was driving along and I just stopped now and I realized that at some point something I had tied to the roof fell off and I really need it. Well, now you know, you, you know, kind of how what, to retrace your steps, yeah. How, how to get to that thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there were there would be times where like, uh, like I know I was looking for a particular exit and I drive right by it, not paying attention. And I have to go, all right, well, I could just take the next exit and potentially turn around and get back to where I gotta go to. But then I take the next exit and guess what? The next exit is for a highway that's only running one direction. Well, now Mm. I'm screwed. Like I don't get to make, I I can't make that left and, and go back. So it's really just a matter of like, not letting yourself get so flustered by chaos that you can't perform mentally like that's mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. navigating this country is so much fun it's relatively easy but it is a mental task and it's like a tough one because until you've like if you've never driven like i said i I'd never driven in a mountain i get into a mountain and now i'm like figuring it out as i go well if i had been given two or three tidbits of information before I started doing that, then it would have been a much safer trip for me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Right, so, right, right, right. So let's talk about tidbits of information for, for a minute. Like, you're planning, let's say you're planning for a long trip. Mm-hmm. What are some things that you want to bring with you that'll help you in, in, in case you, you know, your phone, you go through bad reception or like your satellite radio cuts out or, you know, the radio doesn't fucking work. Like, what are some things that you think people should have? Um, so they make these tools that are designed to like break through glass. It's just like a little keychain. It's got a little tip on it that if you mm-hmm. jab it into glass, it breaks glass. And that is like, it seems like something that you would only need in an extreme but it it is so helpful. If you flip your car off a bridge, if you end up in a snowbank and you can't open your door, like it, you gotta be able to get out of the, if the, if what you're traveling in becomes a liability, you wanna start there. Right. So then you wanna make sure you've got at least one spare. You wanna make sure you've got a jack. (laughs) You wanna make sure that Mm -hmm. you've got tools to change a tire. Um, You wanna start there. You want to make sure you've got some basic tools to do some basic work on your your vehicle. Uh, I don't mean anything 
drastic, but let's say you your battery dies, you need to have mm-hmm. some jumper cables. Like be able to get a boost. Mm-hmm. Be able to uh you know have some some pliers or and a screwdriver to to, to take the battery out potentially, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or mm-hmm. you know, all of that is is important stuff uh to be thinking about. You want to uh if you have a trunk in your car, why not line that trunk with a couple of blankets? You know what I mean? And just mm-hmm. put your stuff on top of that. That way, if you get stranded somewhere, you have to sleep in your car, you're not going to freeze to death potentially. Uh, if you are, if you're going to be traveling, especially out west or like in more desolate areas, whenever you stop to fill up your car with gas, if you get yourself something to drink, buy a gallon of water and throw it in the trunk. Put it in the back seat. Like keep some keep some essentials like that. Get you some granola bars, things like that. Mm-hmm. It'll just you're not trying to survive a week. You just right. need to be able to get through at best two days. Because somebody's okay. gonna come across you and they may be able to help or you know, worse comes to worse. You have to take what they got. If we're talking about, if we're talking <laughs> the real about shit, pockets, right? Yeah, it's on some real shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're, you're you're just trying to make sure when it when it hits the fan. All right, I'm. If it's just a tire, it's not gonna slow me down. If it's just the battery, I may be able to figure something out. It's not gonna slow me down. But if I look under there and a belt is broken or a hose is messed up and I don't have reception and I can't reach out to anybody, well, all right, I'm gonna have to, you probably have to sit here for a minute and then develop a plan to find a way to get this issue corrected. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really just about, like I said, one night maximum, maybe two days max, being able to literally survive. So like you talked about, mm-hmm. that basic uh, flow chart of what you need, food, mm-hmm. shelter, clothing. Well, you mm-hmm. got a natural shelter in the vehicle, get you some basics of food, and you know, you've got your blankets and things to keep you warm and your clothing that you can have on. So that's sort of the uh th- that's sort of the like immediate things you need. But mm-hmm. let's say let's say it is like really hitting a fan. What uh get yourself a compass and get yourself some sort of like magnesium fire source. Um, okay. This is, I don't subscribe to this, but if if it does hit the fan, there are probably going to be people who want to work together on some of this stuff. We just got to find them. And when you're a trucker and you have something go wrong, You've got these emergency triangles that are very reflective. You take them out, you put them behind your truck uh, every 40 feet. And that way, as people are coming, they can see you there. That keeps them from running into you on the side of the road. But it also mm-hmm. is kind of like a, it's kind of like a bat signal. When I a see SOS, those, yeah. yeah, when I see those out, I know, okay, this dude has a serious problem. If I can, I'm going to stop and see if I can help. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, is, is your phone mm-hmm. dead? That's happened to me before, where I've seen a trucker down, I pull over to help him out, and he goes, yeah, man, my my battery's drained, and I was talking on my phone so long that, you know, I don't have truck batteries now, but I also don't have phone batteries. Can I just use mm-hmm. your phone to call my breakdown department? And, you know, those people sit there for hours sometimes right. just needing a cell phone to use, and and... You know th- that's crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> I couldn't imagine. I mean, with all of the shit, like, well, the way they make your phone, it's like you get a new app, and then now your battery don't go past ninety percent no fucking more. Yeah, they brick your phone. You know, it's, they call it planned obsolescence. You know, I know. You've had that it's motherfucker nuts. for long enough. Then it's like I I can't get behind the whole concept of I'm going to make your phone be worse so you can buy another one. Could you imagine if they did that shit with your car? Like if every year your car just was five miles an hour slower. I know. The crazy thing about cars is that they like, 
they all seem to get stuck on the same stuff. So they're like, what we do is we add options. Like mm-hmm. uh, it used to be a thing where like everybody just wanted the small screen in the car. Now every car mm-hmm. has to have like a 32 inch television in the center Plasma. for you right. to play around with. And it's like, they're just, it really is just, you know, convenience. Like mm-hmm. and cars, anything 2012 to now, it pretty much has more than we could have. It's like a fucking spaceship. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. And it's like, it's the way I was always taught was like, the more stuff you have like that, the more things can go wrong. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like my first car I ever had was an 86 Chevy Caprice. And so like one of them old police whips, you know what yep. I mean? And uh, <laughs> I used it. I changed the brakes on it. I changed the oil. I did all that. You know what I'm saying? You can't do that shit no more. I know. I it's know. a wrap. You know, like, man, I used to be able to do a, I, I could do a whole oil change. And back then, oil was cheap. I could do a whole oil change, about $17, $18. And, a, and, a, and an hour and a half to make sure I'm doing the shit right. Now, it's like a $30 cover charge just to get in the goddamn Valvoline. You know I, I mean? know, bro. It's Club Valvoline tripping, and, nigga. Right. And no, I don't want that filter, nigga. I'm not yeah. getting that filter. You know, you look at me. Look, do I got the, I need a filter face, nigga? I'm not getting that. Just bro, don't even ask me. <laughs> it's crazy because, like, they'll, uh, I remember one time uh, this cat was bringing my filter over. He was like, yeah, you know, what? This is it's fairly dirty. You probably want to get it changed out at some point soon. I was like, "What do the new filters look like?" And so he goes, "Uh, just a second. I go, "No, no, no. Let me hold one. Let me hold mine. Give me mine. I want to see this versus the new." One. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, uh, "He's like, uh, okay. No, actually, so he's like, oh, okay. We went and got a new filter." He brought the shit back. It was white as hell. I looked at mine. I was like, oh, shit, I do need <laughs> Oh, shit, okay. I was like, I probably do need I thought, I thought you had caught him then. I thought you had caught him in no, a he, jam. He was like, he was like, that is smart of you. He was like, it, he's like, I told him, it doesn't need to be changed. But, like, it is obvious that, like, you are going to need to change at some point. And I was like, I guess we both caught each other being honest. <laughs> like, we just okay. we just gonna well, dap each other off and like call it right. In, it just go on, go on about your business because cause normally they ain't boy. They yeah. it's a flim flam, ain't it? Normally, yeah. They they pull your you know? shit out and it's beautiful. It looked like a wedding dress. <laughs> <laughs> they take that motherfucker around the corner and dirty it up themselves. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Rub motherfucking handprints on it. Like, see you see that? You see that? Like motherfucker. Why is your name on the yeah, filter, bitch? Yeah, you, wrote, come on. you wrote your name and marker on this filter. <laughs> Yo, it, <laughs> this is terrible. But uh, did you you know that uh, the interview our president just did with the with the dude in the White House when he pulled out the yeah. coloring book pages? <laughs> <laughs> he, he was like, "Well, if you look, if you look right, he had them big thick ass chart lines. That shit look like highlights, <laughs> nigga. You yeah. remember highlights?" <laughs> Oh, oh, goofus and gallant <laughs> ass nigga, dog. It looked like it, it looked like he had, like finger painted them. That's what them filters be looking like, bro. They just run their hand in some dirt. <laughs> like, well, you see yep. that? This this what like you need. You, you need to clear it out. No, I don't. Get out of my face, Valvoli. You just made a Thanksgiving turkey on my goddamn filter, <laughs> you bitch. Bro, I saw you. I I do. So I I remember I had a. Uh, a 2000 Ford Ranger and I felt so competent working on that truck like I it didn't break down until like the block on the engine cracked and yeah like and then that you shot at that yeah. yeah like that okay I can't do anything with that but like I couldn't imagine doing that to my car now my car is a 2018 and I'm like it feels like every time I open the hood I'm like ripping off one of those little things they put on electronics. It's like if you rip this off, the warranty is right. void. You're right. And right. Jeez. Like, <laughs> Let's say you had to walk to a gas station, right? Mm-hmm. And you know you're looking for a map. What type of map or like atlas or something like that should people have? Um, the most useful one as a trucker, and I think that I still would say this. It's gonna be the Rand McNally like 
the it's a larger atlas book but it just has a basic layout and grid version of each of the 50 states okay so so you can get it and you can uh it as a trucker it was helpful because it would tell me where like there were low clearances like where i couldn't fit with the truck but if you buy it as just like a, ba a normal consumer who's trying to get around the country, what it's going to do is it's going to do a good job of listing landmarks. So okay. if you can, if you can just get to uh, any state or uh, interstate highway, that thing is going to be able to get you from there to wherever you want to go. You just find okay. it coordinating, you know, and even so like as you're looking at the page, for example, you may be looking at like uh, like Louisiana at the top of Louisiana. It'll say like the Louisiana border and then Arkansas. And it'll say like, all right, Arkansas map available on page, whatever. And then you go to the Arkansas map and then you look at the bottom of it and it's like Louisiana map available on page, whatever. So you can cross reference. Mm -hmm. And make sure you're looking at it like, okay, if I'm on this highway coming out of Louisiana, going into Arkansas, I'll hit this interstate at this point or whatever. Um, okay. The other thing, this is kind of like, I know it's going to sound silly, but it's true, is like talk to your friends from other places, learn about their culture, learn about what's popping where they are. Because like one of the things that I can tell you is like, let's say, Let's say somebody kidnaps you and you wake up and you they take you out of the trunk and you uh you sneak away, you take off running. If you take off running and you get away and you see a waffle house, well, you know what direction they took you, right? Mm-hmm. Like you probably been taken south. Exactly, yeah. So like that's something to be aware of. You know if you if you get taken somewhere and you wake up and you see a bunch of uh flat land that looks like desert, but there's oil derricks as far as you can see with uh, North Dakota someplace. Right. It's, mm -hmm. uh if it's if it looks like that, but it's hella orange and it's dry and it's hot, you're probably in Texas. So mm -hmm. you've got like all these, you have these tools that you don't know you have, but that if you see them, you're like, wait a minute, in and out burger, I, somebody mm -hmm. took me west or uh, Dunkin' Donuts, Krispy Kreme. Like I know we have some in the Midwest, but like, wait a minute, that's, you know, I, I kind of have some semblance of being able to get around because of that. And so it's, it's a, mm -hmm. uh, it's a thing where like pop culture is useful actually in that way. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you, right. You, you just, you know that we know that they don't have uh Bojangles chicken where I live, but I, right. I've heard about it being in the Carolinas. So, all right, now I've got a good base of like figuring out, okay, I might be, I might be here. Let me start trying to expand that information from there. Right. Um, yeah, I, that's 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 an interesting point you bring up because like it's everybody has that chicken restaurant where they from. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they just know that that's the truth. So yeah. <laughs> if you're walking around in here and you say you got some chicken, and that's what it is. I know exactly where I'm at. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I forgot what I was going to ask you. Um, shit. This is why I should take notes. I would be more professional if I, God, if I, had, if I had show notes. Um, <laughs> so, all right. So we covered the map. We covered all this other stuff. Um, what did you, okay. What do you wish you knew about uh, like driving truck or like navigating before you, like, what do you wish someone had told you about doing this type of thing before you got started? Mm, um, just, oh man, that's such a great question. 
like because it feels like there's a lot but it, it also feels like learning it was a valuable experience right um i really wish that i had known that uh like this is gonna sound weird coming from me i think but i wish that somebody had told me that like if you're out in the world and you're not around you like because like i said it's a lonely experience if you're out and you're being a good person you can always find the other good people so there were i spent a lot of time uh in i don't want to call it in fear that that sounds too grand. Cautious, just like yeah, skeptical yeah. or maybe yeah. I spent a lot of time in that place when and I worried myself a lot and stressed myself a lot when I uh when I wasn't taking that energy to places. And it was good for me to be alert, but not as overly alert as I was. So it it would have been helpful for somebody to just sit young me down. I'd be like, yo, stop sweating it all so much. Because there were times, I remember times getting into stuff that wasn't necessarily like harmful to me, but it mm-hmm. I wasted so much time and energy and effort that I'll never get back when it was right. something simple that I could have just been like, before I left a, a town, when I was filling up my truck, if I had just asked that lady, at the counter like hey just out of curiosity what's the situation leaving out of here what what what's the easiest route to get to birmingham and they tell me mm-hmm. oh well i know your map is going to say this but you should actually do that so like uh that's a thing that i did at first i was just like ah whatever i didn't take the chance but i also didn't get murdered and it's like mm-hmm. that, that is true but you don't a young me didn't realize the toll that all that wasted time and energy was taking on me. And it now I value that time more than anything. So okay. I, I think that's sort of where it uh where it comes from. Because there there were there were like days where I would lose four or five hours getting into a mess that I could have avoided completely. And mm-hmm. it, it would be to the point where like if I had made that delivery on time that particular day, I would have gotten home to see my family two days sooner. So mm-hmm. stuff like that, uh, stuff, right. you know, that's just kind of specific to trucking, but I think it also kind of would apply to what we're talking about where like, if you, if the shit hits the fan, don't be so, you know, don't, don't mean mug everybody. Put, right. Save the mean mug for when you need it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. Find be a good person and find the good people, and you may you may end up better off than you thought. Right. Well, that's that's an excellent answer, man. Like, and it's so true. It's like, but you know, we, man, you know, how we, <laughs> you know like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's I, I like told, I told you it's gonna sound weird coming from me, but, but you I, see, niggas yeah. get killed up. You know what I'm saying? Yes, like, you see yes. people get their whole head busted open. It's hard to be like, oh. Yeah. Won't you be my neighbor? You know what I'm saying? Like it's, but you, but you're right though. But you, I agree. And it's, I, I put it like this. I, you could have told 21 year old you that, and he would have, you would have been right. But he probably wouldn't have been ready to hear it until he was like 25, 26. You're right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's absolutely like, true. And it's just a thing. Like as a, as a black person. It's hard to let your guard down. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard. You walk around with your guard up and you don't trust nobody. Yeah. But you got to get over that. It, your life, you're right. Your life will go a lot easier. I, I, in my own life, the, the times that I can think where I literally asked for help and, and somebody tried to hurt me have been slim. Mm-hmm. Been slim. Now, I haven't asked for help a lot, but the times that I have, it's tended to work out all right. Right, right. You know, yeah. Mm -hmm. The the other thing that I like, the the way that I, the reason I phrase it the way I did is because, like, anytime I've approached a situation 
with the best intentions. I haven't always gotten the best back, but I've always put myself in a spot where I like the key that I've learned is that when I'm going into it with good intentions, I'm generally thinking it through. And if I'm sharp up here, then it's going to be hard for somebody else to catch me slipping. And so you mm -hmm. might, you might not react the way I want you to, or in a way that's helpful, but you're also not going to catch me slipping. Yep. And mm -hmm. that's what, that's what young me learned through all those, through all the times of bumping my head was like, I didn't necessarily need anybody to be over. I, I didn't need anybody to hold my hand through something. Right. I, I just needed them to say, oh, by the way, there's a bridge out up ahead and you're not going to be able to turn that truck around. So you're going to have to back it up over two and a half miles. And that's going to take you a long ass time to do. And then I get mm -hmm. back to the truck stop at the end of the night. And I'm sitting, I'm sitting back in the same town, back in the same truck stop. I go in and the cashier is like, what are you doing here again? Well, there's a bridge out over there. Well, why didn't you tell me you were going that way? And I'm like, well, shit, because I thought you were an old racist bitch. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> and she's, like, well, maybe, but still. <laughs> but I, I'm a racist bitch, but I ain't evil. And I'm sitting there like, well, right. I'm, I'm, now <laughs> okay. I know. And so it's like, right. you know, that. That's a uh, that that's a real thing. Like that's a I have to come to grips with the fact that mm -hmm. I I did that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's that's a you know what? That's a very interesting dynamic in this country because mm -hmm. it's like racism is so ingrained in America that there are people that legitimately think they're good people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, just yeah. think about that. Think about that. Yeah. Like, it's racism is is just woven yeah. into the yeah. fabric of this country so much that it's people that will tell you and mean it that they are salt of the earth. They wouldn't hurt anybody except yeah. niggas. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, that's just, just how they. Them. Yeah, you just know, them. The people, the people that trip me out are the ones who uh, try to, like, be like, well. I like you. And I'm like, I know. Like, you like me. You don't like black people. You like Dante. And right. I'm like, like, you know how easy it is to like me? I'm a fucking right. comedian. I literally, <laughs> I translate, I translate my thoughts to fit the mold, to be able to go out and make hundreds of different people laugh at a time. And you think right. because you like me, you're not, that you, <laughs> yeah. that you like black right. people. And like right. no motherfucker. This like, is a given. You should love me. Let me know when you like Kanye West. Then, <laughs> <laughs> then we can talk. Okay. Not 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 fucking old college dropout Kanye. I'm talking about the nigga with 2020 about... on his head. When you right. like that goofy motherfucker, we can talk. <laughs> but all this, oh Dante, but I love you're one of my best friends. No, I'm everybody's best friend because you fucking laughing and drinking and eating good food and going home to have sex. Like, yeah, of right. course you love I me. hooked you up with that. I <laughs> yeah. hooked you up with that. I made her laugh. I, I made her laugh, nigga. You fell in that pussy and you were like, oh my God, Dante is my best friend. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what the best feeling in the world is? Like, when you go back to a club a year later and you see the same couple, you're like, uh -huh. yeah. Yeah, I yep. know what went down that night. Uh -huh. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. Yep. You, you hit it. You hit it with that. <laughs> it's been a year. You know, it's been a year. He she, might y'all got a babysitter, didn't you? Yeah, she looking uh -huh. a little thick. She looking a little thick. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, you, you went you home too, and bro. gave her gave her that seven minutes of greatness. <laughs> yeah. You looking a little thick too, player. You uh, <laughs> you've been waiting that's on that, that sympathy weight. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, he she eating for two, he eating with her too. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's, that's the best, dog. Cause I be cause that's my goal. And it's like the shit that I talk about is not friendly. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. It's not like a thing where you would expect motherfuckers to go out and like I've I've ruined a lot of dates. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure yeah, I've ruined a I, lot of dates. Same, same. You know. Yeah, people get mad and shit, and you know, honestly, the whole reason I started packing a gun was because uh, this I got into it at this at this show it was a long time ago, 
I got into it with this show. It's three white guys, and it was a woman with was dating one of the guys, and the other two dudes just showed showed up too. And I guess she was laughing too hard or something. And so after the show, these motherfuckers pull up. You know, they talking greasy and all that, and uh, they went outside like they waiting on me. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't have a gun, but I always carried a switchblade. So I'm like, I'm I'm a jug these niggas, right? So I talked to the manager. I'm like, hey, these motherfuckers is out here waiting. I don't call police. So can somebody yeah. at least look out the window or walk out here or something? And he was like, no, nah, show's over. You're on your own. I was like, okay. oh, okay, okay, all right, all right. So okay. you know, went out there. Nothing ended up happening. You know, they just talking, talking shit. So I'm. You know, I'm talking my shit as I'm moving to the car, you know. But then when I got in the car and, and, and pulled off, I was like, I see, I need to get the thing. Because uh, that's going to be it. I'm not Man. fighting three niggas out here. I'll smoke one of you niggas. I, so. had, I had a very similar situation happen to me. I performed at a place. They had a Confederate flag in the ceiling. And when I tell you, I roast. It was in Iowa. And I mm-hmm. roasted these white people for being fake Confederates. And <laughs> I uh, and I could tell, like, the people who were there, most of them, you, you know the feeling when you get, when it's just about the funny. Like, okay, mm-hmm. every, everybody's on board except these three people. Mm-hmm. And the people who are laughing don't agree. They're not agreeing with me politically. They're not agreeing with you. recognizing your talent. This is funny. They can laugh at it. That's all it is. But these particular people can't deal with you. And so the the situation was similar, but the difference was the manager at this place was like, Dante, I think they might be out there looking for you. Wait, we're going to walk you out. We need to make sure everything's okay. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. And I... I remember, I remember phrasing the sentence this way. I, I don't remember exactly how I said it, but it was something along the lines of, I have a huge gun on me. And the manager was like, oh. And I was like, yeah, uh, I'm good. Like, y'all don't have to walk me anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, he was like, are you, are, are you sure you're going to be okay? And this, that, and the other? And I remember the, uh, like, I had, on my way to that show, I had hit a deer. So the front of my truck was kind of messed up. And I, like, it was still, like, deer particles in it. Mm-hmm. And I go out, and these dudes are, like, waiting. And the manager is kind of, like, standing at the door just trying to figure out what's going on. And the dudes go, hey, man. I'm like, what's up? And they go, did you hit a deer? I go, yeah. Go, All right. Well, did you want it? I was like, nah, I'm good. And I just like kind of got in the truck and left. And I was uh, like, I was like, I'm glad that I'm just leaving. Like, because I I def there was that split second where I was like, I could have a conversation and I bet it might end up going, like we might end up with some shit talking happening. But yeah, I, it could go either way. Right. Cause it, it felt like, oh, maybe they let the water go under the bridge and they were finally like they were they were trying to extend an olive branch. But you know mm-hmm. how that goes. You know how an olive branch. Especially with that alcohol, too. Man. So I just, like, I got in the truck and I got up out of there. But I, I'll never forget, like, that manager was so, like, I, I remember the concern in his eyes went from being, like, how are we going to take care of you to being, like, uh, okay. <laughs> and I was like, right. that's, that's, right. that's, that's how this goes. It's, it's how it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I guess going back to what we had talked about, when you're packing your car, if you're a nigga and you're going to be traveling in uh, Trump America, that is also, that's a a tool I would recommend traveling with as well. I didn't know if I was going to be allowed to to mention that, but if... Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I brought it up. We're talking all tools. Cool. If you you loading up your vehicle because you got to take off and you're going to be rocking the green book, Make sure you got make sure you got something to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What what uh what cal what caliber would you suggest? Or is there a specific make model? I mean, man, listen, I am a I'm a huge proponent of any like uh good old boy Winchester Remington 
any of those 12 gauge shotguns. You can go double barrel. You can go, uh, let's see, like, you can go double barrel, you can go pump action, whatever it is you want, but just some type of 12 gauge shotgun is going to be good for you. And then a few handguns if you want to, mm-hmm. and I'm talking like nine millimeter. I want you to sit somebody down with with one shot if you can. 22s mm-hmm. will get somebody off of you, but like go ahead and get yourself a nine millimeter or a, a 45 or 40 or something. Mm-hmm. Something that's going, because listen, here's the thing. If you, uh, if you can take care of that situation with as little ammunition as possible, that's going to set you up to, to potentially live longer. And that's all you're trying to do is get out of that mm-hmm. mess. All right. So, so thanks a lot, Dante. So where can people find you on social media? Um, these days, you can just hit me up like on my personal. So you can like add me on Facebook now. I deleted a bunch of friends. Um, I'm just I'm Dante Powell there. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Dante Powell. You can find me on uh, Instagram at Moose Rattler. And uh, you can I always like to do this on podcasts, and it works out sometimes, and it creeps me out. But if you want to just email me, you can. My email is moose.rattler at gmail.com. If you want to tell me what you thought about this, if you want to give me some ideas about traveling, if you want to talk about trucking or whatever, I like, I'm open to people who receive these things. So like, hit me up. Nice. Nice. And your album, The Squirrels Get Fat, that's on, that's wherever you can find streaming stuff, right? Wherever you can find streaming stuff. It's on all, right. uh, all the paid sites. If you want to buy it, it's on Spotify, Pandora. Mm-hmm. It, it's everywhere. Like people have shown amazing support and i'm super appreciative so keep it up man i i can't thank you guys enough for for giving me a a great a great gift in supporting my album awesome man so all right all right dante man thanks a lot for coming on man i really appreciate it anytime man i appreciate it yep take care you too all right well that was the episode thank you so much for tuning in to how to survive in america I've been your host, Robert Jenkins. Until next time, take care.